I will be sitting. Hopefully, I'm. <laughs> hopefully, what I say is so captivating that I don't have to walk around. So that <laughs> um, actually, I'm gonna pause for a second. And so this is gonna be a mix of a, a bit of teaching, although stylistically, to be honest, I'm not a teacher. Teacher style. It's a mix of that and just revelation and whatever I hear the Lord telling me to do. So. Uh, just to warn you. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to start with something. We actually did this, if you're at retreat, I can't remember how many years ago, I think Joe O led us through this exercise where we were paired up with a stranger at retreat or just someone that randomly paired up with someone and we had to just look at them. Have you ever done, just look at someone for a minute, just one minute. And I, and I was taught, when in that moment I was, you know, with, I was like, Lord, I hope I don't get paired with this person. And of course, <laughs> This person's not here, so I can say this. <laughs> um, I got paired with that person, and I was like, oh, he, this person's going to see the judgment on my face. Because I also don't have a poker face. If people know, I like pretty much what you see, what you get. And so I was like, oh, Lord, help me. But in that minute, instead, what I felt over that time, I almost started to cry because I could see Jesus in that person. And I just, I was, I could suddenly hear, it was weird, I didn't know this person well. I could suddenly hear even conversations that person had had with their parents. And I could see why they were the way they were. And I was melting. And I was like, please, please let's minute be up because I'm going to start crying. So it became, it just went from like zero to 180. So anyways, I just wanted to kind of just look at you guys. So not for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lord, I really, really do thank you for the community that we have, God. We have really good people, and I'm very thankful for that, God. Uh, I may not know every person here, but I know that we are drawn together by one thing, um, and it's the most important thing, the blood of Jesus. Um, and I thank you for that, God. That's the greatest common and least common denominator, better than anything in the world could offer. So I thank you for that. And Lord, just help me to speak what you want me to speak and help us to receive what you want us to receive. Amen. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Okay, closer. To me, I sound very loud, but I guess out there, maybe not that loud. Okay, so I uh, want to talk about, well, I'll just say hunger. Um, so when I was thinking about, okay, like hunger for God, I, I, to be honest, I initially was like, how do I research this? And then I realized you can't, I cannot research hunger for God. Like I can't go online and start like, what does this mean, God? Like, what? And I realized I was getting really frustrated and I realized, wait, hold on, I'm doing this all wrong. Um, and I just, I, I went to the Lord because I think I often forget and maybe we forget that even to hunger for God requires God. Like, I can't, and I've done this many times, trying to will myself to, to love God better or to feel something um, or to, to respond in such a way because I think that's what love looks like. Um, but that's, like, that's not love. <laughs> um, that's me just trying to, like, imitate something, um, a shadow of something. And so I went to God, and he just reminded me again that it takes me to love me. Um, and then, I, and then he said, there's one person who will help you. I mean, well, there's, we help each other, but there's one particular person who's with you all the time who will help you, and that's the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to, what I wanted to share was 
the Holy talk about was the Holy Spirit and tie that into hunger and stuff. Um, I think what a lot of us are familiar with, when I think of the Holy Spirit, I usually think of what is sometimes called like the inner working of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, for example, the Holy Spirit, um, his other name, or he's called, Jesus said, I'll send you the teacher, a helper, an advocate, an intercessor, the counselor. There are different names for the Holy Spirit. They represent his attributes, what he does. Um, in John 14, it says, Jesus says to the disciples before he leaves, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be, with, be in you. The helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So there's that aspect that um, he is the one who is, he abides in us, he's with us, he's a deposit, a guarantee, a seal that God has given us to help us. Um, and there's also, actually the first thing that happened when Jesus breathed on the disciples to receive the Holy Spirit, it wasn't an Acts. like that wasn't the first time Jesus breathed on them to receive the Holy Spirit. The first time was actually in John 20, and it was for the ability to forgive, right? And so it's interesting, like the inner working, it was, the Lord dealt with it and a model for us the way it should be. It's not the demonstration and all the acts and stuff, outward stuff first, right? It's receive the Holy Spirit. Those who you forgive will be forgiven. Um, so the Holy Spirit helps us with that. Um, it's, uh, we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, right? Um, I'm not going to remember the whole list. I'll read like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, like all these things that are fruits of the Holy Spirit that are cultivated within us. Right? And so there's, there's the inner work in the Holy Spirit, but that's not so much. Like, I think about that, and I'm like, that will, will that help me love God better? I, don't, I mean, it probably does help, maybe help me love you guys better. <laughs> but, um, and I realize that there's an element that maybe I don't hear about that much that often, and that's actually the Holy Spirit coming upon somebody. And in the Bible, there's evidence of there's an indwelling of the Holy Spirit, right? That is with us always. That's what I talked about. But then time and time again, there is the Holy Spirit coming upon somebody to produce something that they could not do on their own, <laughs> right? Um, and I, if I just call to mind, Mary, who was the, the earthly mother of Jesus, the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in power and that you will become pregnant. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, the Holy Spirit came upon her. It wasn't like he was dwelling in her and enabled it. Like the power of the Lord came upon her and enabled her to produce something that there's no way she could have produced. Um, and what I want to talk about, the two aspects that I think, that I, that I felt the Lord impressing upon me and for the ark especially not just for, like, the work that's to be done. Like, I don't want to love God for production purposes, you know. Though that is important, but when I was talking to the Lord about, like, okay, what do you want to talk about with respect to the Holy Spirit coming upon us? Like, why is it so important? It is partly because of the work that is to be done, but it's also for our own sake, our own intimacy with him, and also for our corporate, uh, our corporate intimacy with him, our corporate voice, I guess you could say. Um, the two aspects I want to talk about are how we need the Holy Spirit actually to love and to move in power. I think sometimes I, I often think of the latter part. We just need the Holy Spirit to move in power, right? Like in Acts. Like the Holy Spirit, Jesus commanded disciples, do not leave Jerusalem 
wait to receive what the Father promised to give you, and then the Holy Spirit fell, and then people thought they were drunk at 9 in the morning. You know, it's like, um, and then Peter preached a message, and in one day, 3,000 people came to the Lord. <laughs> like, there's that, and that's necessary. But I think the other aspect that maybe I don't remember so often, I don't practice it that often, <laughs> and I should, is how we need the Holy Spirit to actually love. I've been thinking about love a lot lately, uh, it's strange, and, I, and so I'm going to pull from bits and pieces of what maybe some other people had shared in previous sermons and what the Lord is speaking to me about, why we need the Holy Spirit, both indwelling and to come upon us to really love. And when I think love, by the way, I think the way the world talks about love is, and this is the way that I have often loved, to be honest, I love people who are easy to love. I love people who make me feel good. I mean, that was actually what I did most of my life, love people who I just felt really good around. They said all the right things, like they flattered me, like all that stuff, right? Or loving people um, that I most easily identify with, like I get you, you get me, you know, like we have a common denominator there. Um, but then the kind of love that Jesus calls us to, the more I read the scripture, the more I'm like perplexed, because. <laughs> Truly, there is no way I can do this, right? Because the Lord, he doesn't just say to love others as we are loved, right? Jesus said twice in the Bible, a new commandment I give you, to love one another as I have loved you, as, as Jesus has loved us. And every time I read that, I'm like, there is no way. <laughs> like, in, like, I don't even want to do that, Lord, forgive me, for my own family, I don't think, you know, like to... Love one another as I, as Jesus has loved you, as I have loved you. And then, he, and then he talks about no greater love has anyone than this. And that's the kind of love that we're called to, that no greater love. And, I, and it's like, okay, Lord, that's, it humbles me, and it makes me realize how much, how desperate I and we need to be for the Holy Spirit to help us love like this, like, there's no way it can come out of my heart or my gut or, like, me with someone that I just happen to enjoy who makes me feel good about myself or something, right? This is for the kind of love that Jesus had for his enemies. For the people, like, okay, I'm going to be honest here. Like, the other day, literally, like, less than a month ago, I, like, oh, Lord, help me. Forgive me. Don't Please don't judge me. <laughs> It was like 10 a.m. and I was driving on the, I was going somewhere in Berkeley and this car cuts me off and I got, I got pissed. So I pulled up next to him, rolled down my window and we started a cussing match. This is at 10 a.m., I'm not kidding y'all. And I was like, I literally, I drove up to him and I, I can't even repeat what I said. And this, you know, we're going at it and then this, I mean, this guy, clearly, he's actually high. It's very obvious. He's smoking a blunt. He's very high in the morning. And I just drove, I'm livid, and I drive off. And as I drive off, like, the Holy Spirit right away convicts me, and he's like, and I'm realizing, like, I'm, I just acted the same way as him, but actually, it's a lot worse because I supposedly know Jesus, right? And I'm like, okay, God. And then I started immediately repenting, 
and asking God to help me see this guy the way that he sees him. Because what I see is this idiot who's high at 10 in the morning, probably honestly driving a, a stolen car because it was a Mercedes. And so I was so, I was like totally judging him. And then like, I mean, right? Like that's, that's Nancy's eyes, my fleshly eyes. And then God started to show me like, how did he become that way though? Right? Like people, like he wasn't born that way. And it made me think of something like Suki actually preached. And it was so simple but so profound. And how, like, for, when she was talking about, like, the law of God, when God issued, like, the Ten Commandments, because people, we don't know how to treat each other. You know, I, I've been thinking about that ever since then. How honestly, like, I was thinking, wow, he said, do not cover your neighbor's wife. I mean, you would think that's basic. But how many people in this world don't actually know how to act that way. Not because, like, I would love to say, oh, they're evil, they're wicked, you know, like the hashtag me too, you know, whatever, right? Like, I would like to say that, but people are taught things, right? Like, I, I think sometimes we like to think we, idea generation comes with from within. <laughs> like, I think, therefore, I am. But a lot, many, we're, we're taught how to love. We are taught how to behave. And then we just reteach that. And so I was thinking about this guy and thinking, like, man, like, what kind of childhood he must have had to be, he's probably, like, you know, he was, like, late 20s, 30s, and then driving at 10 in the morning, like, high off his, like, out of his mind, and just wanting to pick a fight. And I just, I just started weeping. And I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I was, like, I mean, maybe I was filled with love. I don't know, I started praying for him. And I was like, man, God, like, this is, Help me to get there before, you know, from there to there before I don't have to cross, you know, the, the gnarly path. <laughs> Help me to get there so that I don't have to cross. The, I don't want to do the gnarly thing again where I'm, like, cussing them out. And I realize, oh, sh sorry, Lord. <laughs> but it's that. And, like, that kind of love, that's not even, like, the right kind of love because I, you know, curse him in my heart. But, like, the help, help us, Lord, Holy Spirit, to get to that kind of love where even our own enemies, we look at them with Jesus' eyes. And we think about them and, and even feel about them, not the way that I naturally feel, but the way that Jesus feels. What is he thinking? What is he feeling? And I think about, like, and when I think about the world and the things that we have to do, like, I don't want to think about the joy set before me. I want to think about what was the joy set before Jesus? What did he, what did he see? What did he experience? Like, and that's, what I need to fill myself with, that's what I need the Holy Spirit to help me with because it cannot be produced from myself, my own efforts, and I won't even want it, but for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> I think when I think about, well, actually, let me back up here. Another thing that I want to share, and this is sort of, part of my testimony if you guys don't know me. And when I think about the Holy Spirit coming upon us and why we need the Holy Spirit actually to come upon us, not just a one-time thing either. And when I say an encounter of Holy Spirit coming upon us, some of you guys might be thinking things like, oh, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, which can, I mean, they're very broad. Um, you guys might have seen it if you've grown up in charismania. Um, it, I mean, <laughs> I'm totally not just in that. I actually really enjoy that stuff, and I think it's, I think it's great, honestly, in the sense that I, I don't want people to ever feel restrained 
or constrained. Like if they feel like expressing or demonstrating the Holy Spirit being manifested looks this way, I want them to feel free to do that. Because more than anything, I want the Holy Spirit to feel free. Like I don't, we often pray in intercession that Holy, like the Lord is so concerned with our freedom, right? He says it's for freedom that Christ set us free. But I want to be concerned about the Holy Spirit and the Lord's freedom, right? I don't want to restrain or tell him how he should move. Like, I don't, I, want, I don't want to say, like, oh, Lord, you know, I'm okay with, like, banners. But, you know, I'm not okay with someone running around the room. You know, like, I, there was a time when people used to run around the room at ARC service. You know, like, and I, I don't want to discount anything. I'm not saying that that stuff is required. I'm just saying that that stuff is, I want it to be okay. Um, but when I talk about an encounter of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that's not quite what I'm talking about. Um, but I'm not discounting that. Um, Missy Edwards, who you guys may know, I loved my spirit worship animal. She, um, <laughs> she says very simply, and I love the way she says it, um, <laughs> that when she, when she thinks of an encounter with the Lord, it is very simply God revealing God to our hearts. When we can, then he enable us, enables us to love him and then receive love from him. Um, and I think that that whole package, not just the Holy Spirit helping us to love him and to hunger for him, but part of that is we feel, actually it's a response because we feel his love. And I think sometimes um, I'm learning more and more how important it is to like feel the love of God. And, that, that, and in that way, it produces that response of the hunger, of the love, of the desire. It's kind of like, why would, I, why would I love someone if I don't know them, right? And if I don't feel their love for me, it's like, so it's sort of like our, our hunger, our own thirst, our desire for the Lord is simply a response because we feel how much he desires us. We feel how much he loves us. And sometimes, and I'm... I'm a very strong T on the Mars-Briggs. Literally, I'm like all T and no feelings. And not that I don't have feelings, but it's just that I'm not aware a lot of time of my feelings. I just, I think through everything. But then when I engage with the Lord, I know how it is important for me to not just think and meditate upon him in the truth. I have to feel him. If I don't feel him, literally like kissing, touching my heart, like, if I don't feel him, I don't, there's no response for me. I cannot will it again. I've, I've tried that. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, so back to this whole encounter thing. So I want to share a story of how the Lord encountered me. Sometimes people ask me, like, how did, people think I really love God right now and stuff. And I, <laughs> I thought so funny. But people sometimes come up to me. And they're like, oh, how do you hear God? Like, oh, you love God. And I'm like, oh, you don't even know. You guys didn't know me. When I first became Christian, Suki knows, <laughs> the first, honestly, eight to ten years when I was Christian, I, I didn't love God, honestly. And the truth is, I didn't love anybody in my life. My, my whole life, because again, what I had been taught about love. So I thank you, God, for forgiving me, because like, he knew I, I, I had known and taught, I had been taught nothing about how to love well. Um, and so initially, when I got saved, after that initial like three-month honeymoon period, and I was like, what is this that I just stepped into? <laughs> um, and honestly, my old life looked way better still at that time. For a long time, it did. And then my friends at that time, I was in this part of this prayer group in Berkeley. They would take me to all these uh, Christian conferences and events, always on weekends. Um, and I literally would drag me, and I would stand there with my arms crossed, and I honestly wanted to be at the club. 
I was so angry. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like, I could be at the club right now. I got the VIP, the whatever. I was so angry. <laughs> and, it, and, and I looked to my love. My people are like falling out, experiencing the, the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of God laying out and stuff. And, and I would just stand there. And I just, part of me was, I actually wanted to feel that way too. I didn't. I didn't know why I didn't feel that way. Um, and I, and you know, I would do sometimes, I would get in line for prayer, and they pray for me, and you know, the courtesy fall, like they, you know, lay hands on me, and then I just, because I, I, I was thinking maybe my heart will follow the action, right? Like, I was. I was like, maybe, maybe like my whole being, like, I just have to do it first, and then I'll feel it. But then I, that didn't work either. And then, like, I was just, and at the same time I was going through that, I was also very angry at God. Because he had just taken everything away from me. Like, he didn't even give me a choice at that time. I'm like, I don't know how y'all say right now, like, oh, we have a choice. At that time, I was like, no, we don't. <laughs> no, we do not. The Lord only taketh. He doesn't giveth. And so I, and so I just, like, he just took and took and took and took. I was just so, I was like, what more? What else do you want to take? Take my life, Lord. I was like, honestly, I was, I mean, I guess that's what I signed up for. Um, but... <laughs> So I just, I was so angry. He had taken, like, honestly, I felt like he took all my toys away. And I just, I was so angry. And this was, like, year after year after year. And I would just, I'd go to church, and I was having a hard time. And then one night, like, eight to ten years, and I was in my room. <clears throat> it was one night on a weekend, and I decided, I was still angry at God. And I wanted, I was having a moment with him, yelling and saying, like, you're not good, God. You don't love me, God. Like, you say you love me, but look what you've done to my life and all this stuff. And then, and I decided I was going to read the book of Job to, to prove that I was right. I mean, I'm not kidding. I was like, God, I'm going to show you that I'm right. Let me read the book of Job and show you just how not good you are. <laughs> and I started reading. I was like, let me look at this page, this chapter after chapter. Look at you. I was seriously, I was like on a mission. Like, I, I want to be right. I want to be vindicated. Um, right? This is honestly how I'm with God even now. Like, so I, I get to the end, right? I get to chapter 42, and I, this is the first time I'd ever experienced this in my life. And even to this day, I can remember how it feels. I was lying on my bed, and I get to chapter 42, the end, when Job answers the Lord. And he says, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear now, and I will speak. I will ask you, and you will instruct me. I have heard by you, by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I retract, and I repent in dust and ashes. And in that moment, I just started weeping. I, don't, I mean, I didn't know what was happening to me. And in that moment, I was like, God, you are good. After reading the book of Job, most people don't get the revelation that God is good, right? I mean, I remember my high school, like in our high school, in my sophomore year, they had to read the book of Job to actually prove God is a far away, distant God. He's not good. It was a school reading. So that was what I grew up with. Like, yeah, God, you're not good. You're cruel. But I read that, and I started weeping, and I just was, I kept saying over and over and over, God, like, you are so good. Like, how did I not see it? Like, how did I miss it all this time? 
And I started, and everything, it was something I looked back at my life and my life with him just a few, eight, ten years, and I could see where he had been that whole time and how he had been so merciful to me and so gracious to me and so kind to me and so gentle and so generous with me and how I really didn't lack any good thing. And people, a lot of times, people know, they know that I was angry at God, and they'll ask me uh, when they want me to counsel them, like, how you were angry at God, and I've been as far as I know, the person, the longest angry, angry with God. <laughs> Most people don't stay God, angry with God for 10 years. Um, and I'm like, how did you get over it? And the only way I can explain it is I had an encounter with the Lord, right? And it's, it's that kind that we need when God himself just revealed himself to my heart. And I felt his heart, him kiss my heart. I felt him touch my heart. Um, and in an instant, like, I didn't need, you know, like, five more years of counseling. I had been going to a counselor at that time. I didn't need, and I'm not discounting that either, by the way. That is important. But maybe we're downplaying the role of the Holy Spirit, what he can do in an instant, right? Like when Michael Dalton shared last week, if you guys weren't here, you need to listen to what he shared because his family, his lineage, what his grandma did, was his grandma or great-grandma, his grandmother did, she changed an entire city through just like, and I am just like, man, God, like what, it can, what the Holy Spirit can do through just a person or just in a person. And so, yeah, and so that's sort of my personal exhortation to not just the, you know, gatherings and the manifestations that we see, but also just the regular encounter, why we need the Holy Spirit to come and renew and refresh and reveal God to us time and time and time again. You know, when, we read, when I read the word of God, like, I don't want to just memorize it. I want the Holy Spirit to help me. It has to come alive to me. It has to bring, like, when wisdom, by the, wisdom is not just knowledge, right? Wisdom and knowledge are different. Wisdom, it's interesting because in the Bible, it, wisdom is personified. And I was, I'm thinking, I have, I have no idea if this is true, but I'm thinking, like, wow, God, there are not many things you personify in the Bible, you talk about different attributes, but only wisdom. It's not even a fruit of the spirit. She's a person. And you say that she was with you when you formed the foundations of this earth. Like, it's almost like this presence. Like, and so I'm like, that must be important. Um, but wisdom comes in, right? Like, in the, from the fear of the Lord produces wisdom, but that can only come through an encounter. So to me, it's like, it has to come through, like, wisdom and reading the Bible it has to come through an encounter, like, to get revelation. For the Lord to become real to me, for me to know he loves me and feel his love, I need the Holy Spirit to enable that. Yeah, and so, required for love, the work of the Holy Spirit. But then there's the other part. It's not just this biblical, radical love that we need the Holy Spirit for, but it's love in action. It's for the works as well. Right? In John 14, Jesus says, and, I, and when I read this too, I'm just astounded. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. And that whole greater works, right? Like, I, I don't know if you guys have, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen myself do greater works than Jesus. <laughs> but I, it says, he who believes in me. So it wasn't just the disciples. It wasn't just the 12 of them. It's truly, truly, and, and people, scholars say that when Jesus says truly, like when he says it more than once, you better be paying attention. So he says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, 
will do greater works than these. Um, and so to me, that's not just, that's a command and a promise. But I haven't, like, Lord, forgive me, I haven't done, I haven't done greater works than you. Um, and then in Acts 1, right, when the Holy Spirit is, is imparted and, and when, on the disciples, and then again in that one day, Peter preaches. Peter who, how did he even get that sermon, right? Like, how did that even come about where he could suddenly, he who, like, it took him a long time, like, he denied Jesus, took him a while to realize, Christ, you are the Christ. Oh, yeah. Like, and then he's, and then he preaches this sermon that clearly was the Holy Spirit upon him, and the 3,000 come to the Lord that day. And then how did the disciples even know? So that's Acts 1. And then in Acts 2, their church is formed. How did, right? It's just in one chapter, they went from that. And then the, the first thing they knew, the Holy Spirit, I'm thinking, must have taught them to start living in community, to start this church. And, I, and so when I think about, like, in the work that Jesus says, right, when he says about the harvest, he says, like, do not say another four months and then the harvest, meaning, like, it's, it's impending, uh, it's pen, it's like, and maybe you guys have heard different prophetic words over this year from different, different circles. It's very interesting. There's like what we call prophetic unity when different circles are receiving the same word from the Lord. And different circles have said over this year the word, uh, two words, like harvest and revival. Um, which, honestly, for some of us who've been in this, who walked with God for some time, it might sound like, oh, I've heard that before. But I would counsel you guys not to, not to reject and not to... Not to grow skeptical, I guess you would say, um, because honestly, like, only the Lord knows the signs and the times. I just want to be ready, right? God says be ready in and out of season. So maybe he told you 10 years ago, but that's how long you needed to get ready. <laughs> maybe he tells some of us now because that's how long we need to get ready. I just, I want to be ready. Um, and so for the works and the harvest that's coming, the fields that are ripe for harvest, the work that needs to be done, this, because... It's re it has to be powered by the Holy Spirit, powered by this love that I cannot produce out of myself. We need a continual renewal, regenerate, like outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that continual engagement with, to hunger for and thirst for, not grow cold or turned off by the things of the Spirit and the things that God wants to do. And to tie that, and like why it's important for in a corporate setting, uh, it's, it's going to be through the church that this world has changed. It's not going to be through Nancy Liao Ministries. It's, like, it's not, it's not going to be through that lone wolf prophet, right? It's going to be, it's through the church. Like Jesus says of his church, right? When he says to Peter, after Peter confesses, like, you are the Christ, you're the Messiah. And he says to Peter, you are correct, Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdoms of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall also be bound in heaven. The church is... Jesus was God's idea, was his solution to what is happening in this world. Not the government, not education, not, I mean, all the stuff is important, is good, necessary, but really it's, it is the church because we have the keys that the gates of Hades will not overcome. <laughs> we have those keys. Um, so yeah, so we need also, when we come together corporately, that expectation for that corporate hunger to stir something up, to so that individually in our personal times we grow in intimacy, but also corporately, it's really important. Which, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but there are actually, scientists have studied this. This is like in the natural. If you eat with people, 
Like they've met, they did studies over like several decades even, even as recent as like this, like 2019. When you eat socially, you will eat 40%, average 40% more than when you eat by, when by yourself. I'm not kidding, no, 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 seriously, they've done, they've measured it. Like average 40 to up to 48% more than if you were alone, right? There's something about being together that stirs up hunger, right? <laughs> no, seriously, right? Something, like, tell me all, y'all have experienced this, right? Like, you, see, yo, you weren't hungry, but that person's eating, you're like, oh, I'm eating, let's just keep eating, right? How many times people said this to me when they eat with me? Like, I'm not even hungry, Nancy, but I'm just eating around you. Like, I just, right? And so there's something about the corporate gathering and why we need the Holy Spirit, a corporate hunger and thirst for the Holy Spirit to stir, there's just something in the atmosphere. We get hungrier, right? It's, if it happens in the natural, it's happening in the spirit, I bet. So, or it's manifestational, it's happening in the spirit. So um, what I want to do, I don't even know how long I talk for, but I want to actually spend a majority of the time uh, in, in a response, actually. So when I was asking God, and the funny, when the Lord gave me the topic, or when people told me the topic of hunger, I actually thought of the response came to me first, and I had to work backwards, um, because I felt like what God wanted to do if, how many of you guys were here for the, there was a fifth Wednesday encounter night that John and Gina led. That was, it was glorious. But that what they got uh, was such a key word, reconciliation. And I felt like what God wanted to do was even a reconciliation with the Holy Spirit. In a sense that like, and this, when I was praying through it, I could, I would, these are the different things that I'll just share with you, what I was sensing and picking up. And maybe it resonates with you guys. Um, that maybe some of us had been in circles where, uh, like me, where I felt like if I wasn't manifesting, I didn't love God. No one, I mean, no one said that to me, right? Like, no one, no one said to me, like, you need to be rolling on the ground. Or like, but I just, for whatever, I felt, I felt judged, and I felt like the outsider looking in. You know, maybe someone has felt like, oh, if I don't do that, then maybe I don't love God. And then, like, I felt like God wanted to bring healing to the area and say, like, that's to basically not put a label on how you love God and to like forgive those who might have caused you to feel that way or, or whatnot. And maybe some of us are turned off, to be honest. We've been disappointed by the manifestations of the Holy Spirit because honestly what, what happens sometimes is we see the power and the, all these works, but then we're like, where is the fruit and the character within, right? Like I I've, I've talked to people, and I myself, I'll confess, I've experienced where I'm like, these people are moving to power, but they got no wisdom and no love. <laughs> like, and, and to be honest, a part of me was turned off. You know, and I, and I started to, I found a part of me closing up to the Holy Spirit. And maybe some of us, we haven't yet experienced what it feels like to have the Holy Spirit come upon us. Um, you know, there's different things here, but I just felt like overall the Lord wanted to just reconcile all that. Um, and to have us really respond in a way where maybe we're forgiving um, those who might have inadvertently hurt us, or just confessing that we're afraid even of like how the Holy Spirit might move. Because we can't control people, we can't control the Holy Spirit. Um, and I really believe that in what's coming for this house, um, and even personally, like that we need to, and I, I don't, I just, I don't want to limit the Holy Spirit. What he, how he wants to express himself, how he wants to move in this house. Another thing I was sensing when I was praying is that like some people might feel uh, a dryness or weariness. Like they're like, okay, God, like I need, I just need a fresh outpouring from you. Um, 
And I, I love that, that we can expect that from God. Um, I just even think about, well, this sort of ties in, but... <laughs> You know, like, for the, for the age that I am, it's funny to me that my mom still wants to mother me sometimes. Like, I, she doesn't ever get tired of, like, cooking me dinner. I don't, I don't go to visit her because I actually want dinner, like, her to cook dinner for me. I just want to see her. But she wants to, like, dote on me. And I just think, I'm like, man, that's my earthly mom. Like, how much more, like, when we ask the Lord, it says when we ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit, how much more then will he give it to us? Right? And so I think he loves when we're like, okay, Lord, I, I am dry. I confess that to you. I need to feel your love again, God. I need to feel you again. And I think he's like, it would be my pleasure to give that to you. Like, I want to give that to you. Um, yeah. Is this making sense, you guys? Yeah. I, yeah. Um, and so what I would like to do is if is really, like, open up the space. And to if there will be people here praying and stuff, but also just please... Grab someone if you want to pray with someone. And I also would be happy to pray with people. Um, but the altar will be open. And I just really invite people to respond. I really pray that we wouldn't leave without a response to the Lord. Um, I was thinking, like, man, like, have, have you guys ever said, like, I love you to someone and they don't respond? <laughs> man. <laughs> Some of the guys are like, man, yeah. Like, <laughs> man, that's, like, the worst. You're like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'm like, man, God, I feel like he's all often saying, like, I love you guys. And then we can, res- I'm like, yeah, I just really want to respond to him. Because I, yeah, yeah. Um, so if I could have the worship team come up. And then I'm going to pray for us. And then just open this up, uh, yeah, to, to response time. Um, yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Hmm. I don't know why this is what I'm feeling right now. Lord, I just pray right now that you would help us to, again, receive your Holy Spirit. And actually, I I just want to even pray right now, God, help us to hear what you are saying to us, Lord, not what we're saying to ourselves. Like, I, I don't know, and I pray right now for people who may not really, really, really 100%, 1,000% believe that you love them or that even you even like them. I can't give what I don't have. And if I don't really believe that you are 1,000% in love with me and pleased with me, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to give that to anybody else, God. And I just want to, okay, I'm going to, actually, something's coming to mind. Uh, there was this testimony I recently heard from this woman. It was it was blow my mind, and I'm just going to release it. She said the Lord, she had a revelation. She was spending time with God, and God said, look out there on the city, like into the night. And in the night, she could see just stars in the sky. He's like, every, he's like I want you to imagine that every star in the sky is a person. And then he's like, I love every single one of those stars. I love every single person, he was saying. And then he's like, what if there was just one star? And she was like, and then he's like, imagine that there was just one star in the sky, that it was just you. And he's like, do you know that even if there was just one star, even if there was just you, I still would have gone to the cross. And I was, and I just want to pray that if, if we don't believe that for ourselves and we don't have the right idea of God, that is the kind of love that this world is dying for. To know that if, there were, if they were even the only star in the sky, 
that Jesus still would have gone to the cross for them. It would not have been a waste. Lord, we need to feel that love for ourselves because we need to give it too, and we need to respond to it, God. And Lord, I pray right now for anybody who might be struggling with that for, and struggling with believing that that's true right now, God, that even if there had just been one, you would have still gone to the cross, Lord. And Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would touch every heart and enable every heart to feel your love, to feel your presence, and to respond accordingly, Lord. Yeah. Lord, I recognize, we recognize, we need you to love you. We need you to hunger for you. We need you to thirst for you. We cannot draw it out of our own well, Lord. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, God, that every person here would know that there is a well they can tap into that will never run dry. Yeah. His name is Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Thank you.